Roundup with your host, Victor Beltran. Welcome, everyone. It's the weekly wrap up with me, Victor Beltran, episode four, Super Bowl preview. Thanks for tuning in. Um, got a lot to talk about today, but unfortunately, we'll start off uh, with the sad news that happened on Sunday. Um, the passing of Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, I remember uh, Sunday, I don't know what I was doing. I was in the living room and uh, my girlfriend tells me, hey, did you know that Kobe Bryant died? And I'm just like, what? You know, I'm a ESPN guy. I'm constantly checking the website, you know, 30 times a day. So I hadn't seen anything. And, of course, as soon as she says that, I immediately go check. And, of course, breaking news, uh, Kobe Bryant has passed. Of course, uh, his daughter was also on the plane, uh, Gianna. Um, there was a coach from Houston uh, his daughter, uh, nine total passengers on the helicopter, including the pilot. So it was a very unfortunate event. Uh, that pilot is also Kawhi Leonard's pilot. And that pilot had actually um, transported Kobe and Kawhi on the same day in previous occasions. Uh, so uh, I was, you know, definitely... Uh, an unfortunate incident, something that um, there's not really too much information on what really caused the accident. We know that the pilot just lost control, but um, I'm sure all that information will come out in the future. But uh, one of the things about Kobe, uh, my favorite Kobe moment that, that I always think about when, I, when I'm reminded of him is the uh, his last game. Maybe because it's freshest in my mind, but um, 60 points on his final game. Uh, started 0 for 5, and you're thinking, oh no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna finish his career well. You know, he started off bad, but then he got it going. Um, 23 points in the fourth quarter. They were actually losing that game against losing that game against Utah, and uh, he brought them back. They got the uh, the win. It was a great performance, really. You saw the full array of uh, the Kobe moves, the fade away, you know, the jab step. I mean, I mean, he looked uh, he looked sens- sensational on that final game, um, and it was great to see him go out that way. It was great to see that uh, you know that he you know, he can give you one last glimmer, one last one last flash of uh, Colby of old. It was it was great to see that performance. Um, I was fortunate enough to see that, and it was great. I really, especially because I, you know I'm a diehard Bulls fan, and that same day the. The Golden State Warriors broke the Bulls' regular season record, although they did not win the championship, so they're still not the best team of all time. So, uh, But I was a little bit uh, upset that the Golden State Warriors broke the Bulls' record. And then seeing uh, Kobe score all those points on his final game, I definitely really enjoyed that performance. Um, it was definitely a great way to cap off a historic and Hall of Fame career. One thing I learned, uh, you know, it's been almost a week uh, since his passing is... Uh, how how much of an impact he had um, on a lot of players around the league, and not just NBA players, but um, some college players, NFL players, um, athletes, tennis players. You know, all over the world, you saw people uh, paying tribute to Kobe. Um, in Italy, you had the Italian uh, soccer teams paying tribute because, you know, Kobe was a huge soccer fan, grew up a little bit in Italy, so... You know, there was tributes from all over, from all over, you know, from all over the sporting world. 
Uh, people don't really understand uh, the significance, the impact that some of these athletes have. And, and like I said, not just in the sporting world, but outside of the sporting world, people, um, even if you don't play basketball, you can appreciate the the discipline and, 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 you know, he was an artist and he was a master of his craft and he worked on that craft tirelessly and, you know, that can't be ignored. Um, definitely a great motivator, very inspirational to the youth. So it's, you know, it was, it was very shocking, you know, obviously 42 years old, excuse me, uh, 41 years old, very young. And it's, you know, one of those things you never see coming, but it definitely makes you realize that you, you you have to take advantage of the time you do got, you know, because uh, come to an end at any given moment. You know, Kobe Bryant, obviously a very wealthy man, you know, he, he uh, was pretty much the most, uh, the closest thing I've ever seen to, to Michael Jordan, without a doubt. His game was almost exact repl- replication of what of a Jordan was able to do on the court. You know, you can look at the video, the videos of them shooting side by side. It's essentially the same thing. One thing Kobe was always famous for was saying that, you know, that he wanted to be better than Jordan. That's why he chose 24, because it's one more than 23, Michael's number. And, you know, he would even talk to Michael saying, you know, hey, Mike, you know, if, if you were in, in your prime and I was in my prime and we went at it, you know, I'd get you. You know, that's the kind of confidence Kobe had. You know that he was the that he wanted to be the best, and it didn't matter who you were, who you are, who you were. You know, no one was going to get in his way, and you definitely got to respect that mentality. You know, the discipline, how hard you worked, very inspiring. Very, you know, to see somebody work that hard to put that much effort into the game, it can inspire many. And and, and he has, you know, so many players, you know, are so, you know gave Kobe credit for the reason why they even picked up a basketball, why they even um, watched the game, or even want to play the game. So. We all we all have to definitely recognize that. Here are some of uh, Kobe's uh, impressive stats. He's a five-time NBA champion, seven Finals appearances. Two of those he was Finals MVP, 2008 NBA MVP, two-time scoring champion in 2006 and 2007. He's an 18-time NBA All-Star, four-time All-Star Game MVP, 15-time All-NBA Team. 12-time All-Defensive Team, NBA All-Rookie Team in 97, and of course, the 1997 Slam Dunk Champion. Staying on the note of basketball, um, the last the last episode I talked a little bit about the Houston Rockets and how they would not have success with their strategy of shooting all these three-pointers and not moving the ball around. Well, if you watched a game a couple of, uh, a couple nights ago against the Utah Jazz, uh, Eric Gordon dropped a 50-piece um, on the road in Utah. No Westbrook and no James Harden. And what did the Rockets do? They went out and played sensational basketball against a very game Utah team. Um, Gordon was just sensational. Like I said, 50 points, 6, and, six for 11 from three-point range. Then you had House. House dropped 21. Rivers, another 21. You know, it's what, like I was saying earlier, it's all about ball movement. The Rockets have talented players on that squad. And when you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook consuming so much of the offense, it it limits what they can do. You need to move the ball around. You need to get other people involved. And when you do that, I mean, you can go into Utah and win without James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You know, if they're on the court with everybody else and they're actually moving the ball around, 
um, getting everyone involved, it's, it's going to be a better team. The team will have more success. You know, something that Dan Tony needs to realize, that he just can't rely on Harden and Westbrook to dictate everything. You know, they they do obviously need to be a huge part of the offense, but they need to take a little bit of a step back and, you know, do a little bit more passing, a little bit less three-point shooting, more uh, driving to the paint and getting people involved in the paint. You know, that's where that's where you got more high-percentage shots, and they need to... Um, just concentrate on just like I said, like I said earlier, just concentrate on the ball movement and on the inside. Ball movement inside. Less threes, more inside. You will have success. Um, the Rockets have a lot of good pieces there. Um, when Capella comes back, they are definitely going to be one of the favorites. Um, interesting. Uh, the last couple of games, the Rockets have gone to a very, very small lineup. Um, last night uh, against the Mavericks, they didn't even have anyone on the floor. Uh, taller than six foot six which hasn't happened in uh in like since like the 60s or 70s so and it worked they're two and oh using these small lineups now that capella's out dealing with the injury so it's something you definitely need to look at you know when you have these small squads obviously you're vulnerable to rebounding and 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 block shots you know because you have the other team with the big bodies in the paint but if you're able to, to to run and uh, give the the defense problems with 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 the quickness of the the smaller players, and you can definitely have success. Um, obviously, it's not going to work against every team, and you definitely need to integrate Capella back into the system, go more towards the inside, more inside shots, and uh, ball movement. And the Rockets can can be a serious contender. But if they go back to the same old ways of isolation basketball with Harden and Westbrook shooting a lot of three pointers, they will continue to have struggles the all-star game is almost upon us uh i did name the starters last week let me name the east all-star reserves you have jimmy butler ben simmons kyle Lowry, chris middleton damontis sabonis jason tatum and bam adibayo that is the east all-star reserves from the west nikola Jokic, damian lillard Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, and Russell Westbrook. A little disappointed that my boy Zach Levine did not get in. I mean, he's dropping 25 points a game for the Chicago Bulls. Of course, that's my team, and they're playing in Chicago. You would think they could squeeze him in, but unfortunately, they could not. Um, Should be a nice game to watch. Of course, they're going to have some tributes to Kobe Bryant. Um, they're doing a new scoring system this year, kind of very similar to what they do in the uh, the tournament. If you're not familiar with that, it's a yearly tournament that's on uh, ESPN where teams put down money and they compete for, I think it's like a couple million, a couple million in prize money. Very, very entertaining. You get a lot of uh, overseas guys, um, guys that, you know, were had successful college careers but just couldn't tra- uh, translate to the NBA or they have, you know, small short NBA careers, go overseas, still play at a high level, a very uh, entertaining tournament. Highly recommend, it to, highly recommend you to check it out if you've never seen it. A couple of the changes that the NBA has announced would be the way they do the scoring. Basically, each quarter is like a little mini game for charity. Um, where they will have an untimed final quarter with a target score that will decide which team will win. Well, folks... Uh it's it's here it's upon us it it's uh 
little over 24 hours away from Super Bowl Sunday. And I am, you know, I, I've been trying not to think about it as a diehard 49er fan. If I think about it, I'll just, it'll consume me. Um, I'll be just so excited that just try not to think about it. You know, I've been, it's, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I have the whole day reserved for, you know, a little barbecue at the, at the house, have a couple people over, you know, and watch my team bring home its sixth title. It's going to be incredible. Very excited. Um, Let's look at a couple of, couple of things when it comes to the Super Bowl. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, the key factor for success for the 49ers will be their defensive line. You know, as D Ford has gotten healthy, um, as the 49ers have gotten a little bit more comfortable with just having everybody, you know, everybody's healthy now. Now you can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, they've been increasing the package that is the most successful when it comes to sacks. And that is uh, D Ford on one side, Bosa on the other, Armstead and Buckner in the middle. Um, when they have those guys out there, they're getting sacks like 15% of the time. Um, it's it's just their, their, most successful, their most successful lineup when it comes to getting pressure. Now you look at Kansas City. What does Kansas City like to do? Kansas City loves to throw the football. Your favorite thing to do is pass. Well, guess what? The 49ers have the best passing defense in the NFL. You're playing right into their hands. Um, unfortunately for the Kansas City Chiefs, they have the 25th rush defense in the NFL, which is not going to be a good a good thing when they have to deal with the 49ers uh, rushing. The 49ers love to run the football. They got three incredible backs, an incredible offensive line, and more importantly, they have schemes. They uh, incorporate motion into their runs more than anyone in football. And guess what? Kansas City's rush defense is the worst in the NFL when dealing with motion in the running game. So it's just these things are not adding up for Kansas City. Um, their strength offensively is the 49ers' strength defensively. And their weakness defensively is the 49ers' strength offensively. It's just a very bad matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're aware that they have Patty Mahomes, that they have uh, Hill that can beat you, and Williams in the running game. They have they have a very talented crew. You know, Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. But if those people can't get open, then they're not going to have success. The 49ers defense is just too good. With those four guys getting pressure, you know, you're able to have more guys in the secondary. And by the way, that secondary is stiff anyways. Like I said, best passing defense in the NFL. Uh, Richard Sherman, all pro. You know, he's got those guys ready to go. You know, he he fully understands what it's like to go up a great offense like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. He was on that great Seattle team that beat the, the Denver Broncos, who had a very prolific offense that year. But when they met the Seattle Seahawks in that Super Bowl, they were not able to do anything because we all know that defense wins championships. And the 49ers' defense is built perfectly to stop this high-powered Kansas City offense. You know, one thing uh, I want to highlight as well, the 49ers offense is no joke. People keep talking about Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. Well, you don't think San Francisco can win a shootout? Because they did. They won a shootout in the Big Easy against Drew Brees on the road. You know, Jimmy G, 26 out of 35, 349, rushing, uh, 349 yards and four touchdowns. So let's not let's not get it twisted and think that, well, San Francisco can't do this. Can't do, San Francisco can do it. They've proven it. 
And one of the one of the things that they like to do is have Kittle and Yushik in motion in the passing game at the same time. You know, it's very difficult. It's very similar to uh, what New England had Gronk and Devlin over there. Um, Kittle and Yushik present the the defense problems. You know, you got your your corners covering the receivers. I know you got this fullback that can catch the the ball. You got a tight end that can catch the ball. Um, it, you know, you can't cover everybody on the field. Uh, it creates a lot of issues for the defense, and I believe the 49ers will implicate this this lineup with Kittle and Yushik out there, and they'll be able to do some things because you're going to see them both out there, and you're going to think, oh, it's going to be a run. You got the tight end, you got the fullback, but both these guys are great uh, receivers. And I, I, like I said before, you know, beating the last two teams with basically just running the football you have all these secret plays, these plays that you, he's never used, never never had to because there was no need. I'm just going to run it down your throat. Stop me. They can't. So I'm just going to keep running it. Um, now you're in a position where, you know, you got it's the last game of the season. You remember just a couple years ago, you blew a big lead against New England. So Kyle Shanahan, you know, every, every trick play is coming out. Anything he can think that can have a major impact. He's going to do it. You know, he's going to try to build the lead early and, and maintain it and really play some smart football. You know, you look at people were saying, well, you know, Kansas City, they can they can stop the run and they were able to do that against Tennessee. Tennessee was actually doing very well in that game to start things off. You know, they were up 10-0. They were running the football. They were keeping Mahomes off the field. And they just stopped doing that second half. You know, you were only down by one possession at halftime. There's no reason why you couldn't maintain the formula. The formula is running the football and keeping Pat Mahomes off the field. You know, Derrick Henry's big runs always occurred in the second half because you keep pounding the ball and pounding the ball and pounding the ball. By the third, late four, by the third and fourth quarter, defenses get tired. And that's when that plan really comes into effect. If you abandon that plan, then it's just not going to work. You needed you needed to do it the whole game. Tennessee abandoned it. They got behind. They decided to you know just pass the ball, and it just didn't work out. You got to have that that second dimension available with Derrick Henry. And of course, the 49ers are not going to abandon that plan. They are going to run the ball. If Kansas City can't stop it, which I don't think they will be able to. It's just going to be a long day for Kansas City. I'm sorry. They're going to run the ball. All of a sudden, Kansas City is going to concentrate on the run game. What's going to happen then? Play action. You saw the same thing against Green Bay. Jimmy G did not throw the ball a lot, but when he did, people were wide open. A successful running game sets up that play action every single time. You know, the 49ers, they are equipped to deal with Kansas City. Kansas City is not equipped to deal with the 49ers. Um, I think the four, I think the game's close. Second quarter, um, the 49ers kind of give uh, make a little bit of a separation. Third quarter, they continue to con- make a little bit of separation. And honestly, I think it's going to be a two-score victory for the 49ers, at least a 10-point win. They just, like I said, it's it's one of those things where it's just a bad matchup for Kansas City. And I think once the 49ers get that early lead, Kansas City is just going to be forced to pass, which is going to play right into the 49ers' hands. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws two interceptions. And uh, ultimately, the 49ers win the Super Bowl. MVP will go to, uh, let's go to Bosa. Uh, Bosa with the MVP um, after three sacks. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. 
Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the 49ers winning number six. Put a little bit of change on the 49ers. You won't regret it. Like I said, should be a two-score victory. Thanks for tuning in once more, and uh, have a good one.